In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'll never forget my first visit to a famous, fashionable church that I'd always heard of. I had recordings of their music, but I'd never been inside. I remember that first visit, and I remember exactly what I was wearing. I was wearing my favorite Glen plaid suit that I had recently bought at a church rummage sale at just a fraction of what it should have cost. And so I felt very dressed up in my suit, and I went to this church, and I followed the the worship leaflet as best I could. It was packed. It was full of people who who seemed to know exactly what would come next. And the worship was a little more formal than I was used to. So I was was really holding on to my worship leaflet, making sure that I didn't do anything that was out of the ordinary or seemed strange or, or seemed to show people that I was visiting. And so made it through the service even went up for Holy Communion, which was a trick because there's always that question, do they stand or do they kneel? Do they go from the side or from the, from the middle? And then they came back from some magic door that I finally just followed the next person and found. So made it through the worship service to the very end. There was a lovely organ postlude, which in that church was something people sat for and then gave very polite but not overly uh, zealous applause at the end. I thought I was done. The man next to me leaned over. I thought he was going to say hello or mention coffee hour or something like that. And he said to me, you have a very small tear under your right sleeve. I thought you'd want to know. (laughs) If I could have crawled under the pew at that point, I would have done it. And we wonder why people worry about what to wear to church. (laughs) Whenever I invite someone to church, they have a question. They don't ask whether it's air-conditioned. They don't ask if the preacher goes on too long in the sermon. They ask, what should I wear? Maybe you've had the same experience. I suppose if they grew up going to church in a culture like I did, uh, we were taught certain things about what to wear to church. I was always told, wear your best for God. And so we had this phrase, your Sunday best. There were shoes and particular shirts that weren't to be worn any other time. I was also told you should dress up whenever you go to God's house. And I, I listened to that for a number of years. And then I remember in college, it occurred to me, wait a minute, that's not only God's house. <laughs> If we really believe that God is in and about the world, then my dorm room is God's house just as much. The the kitchen at the restaurant where I peel potatoes is God's house. Everywhere is potentially God's space. So what does that mean for how we dress? I confess that last Sunday, as I visited a friend's church, I was all ready to go and I was wearing khaki pants and a a plaid short-sleeved shirt. And about halfway there, I wondered, what if it's a church where everybody wears a coat and tie? As if they would all sort of point at me and begin laughing and I would be run out of the church. We can worry about such things as what to wear. 
but it doesn't matter. God doesn't care what we're wearing in church or any other place. God doesn't care what we wear physically. But we can hear in today's letter to the Ephesians, God cares deeply what we wear spiritually. St. Paul and others use that wonderful image of clothing to talk about aspects of faith, aspects of God's care and concern and love for us. St. Paul uses that image of things to put on. And so in that sense, God does care what we wear. Paul suggests almost a whole wardrobe at our disposal. Our disposal, things not physical, of course, but things spiritual. Paul is suggesting that whenever we're afraid, whenever we're not sure we've got strength or confidence enough to get through the morning, much less the day, then there's an entire closet full of things at our disposal that will keep us safe, that'll be just the thing for us to get up and go into the world. They will, in fact, save us. Put on the whole armor of God, Paul says. The physical things we may fear, though they be scary, are not the things to fear at all, Paul says. Rather, it's the spiritual things in the world that can level us. It's the spiritual things out there that can can bring us down to the deepest and even kill us. And so Paul goes on to talk about these various things we might do well to put on, or at least to try on and see how they fit. Put a belt of truth around your waist, he says. The waist is, of course, the center of our being. What if truth really were right here? In the Hebrew scriptures, the word for soul is is used to describe a physical place, a location within the body. It's that place where truth might be. How would we move in the world if we realized we carry truth within us? Probably a few less white lies. There'd be no fudging. Instead, maybe we'd keep silent in the face of something rather than tell a lie. Because we'd have truth in us. We'd carry it with us. Paul suggests a breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate, of course, would cover the heart. And Paul imagines our hearts to be covered with righteousness. What would that look like? What would that be like? Righteous is an old-fashioned word, and it, in fact, comes from the Old English. It means right-wise, to be both virtuous and wise, to be right-wise, to live from the heart, in other words, remembering that heart and head are inseparable. Paul says that for shoes, just use whatever makes us ready to proclaim a gospel of peace. He's talking about our moving from a good foundation, a foundation that allows for peace, that creates peace, that that encourages us, us to talk about peace, to work for peace among people, to encourage peace in what we say and where we go and what we do. My default is often conflict. It's often difference, not peace. But what if my shoes, what if what grounds me were things of peace? As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace, Paul says. 
Faith itself for Paul is a kind of shield. It protects us from all kinds of things. And it doesn't matter what condition our faith is in for this shield to work. Whether it's weak, whether it's strong, whether our faith is confused, whether our faith is clear, whether it's conflicted, whatever it is, when arrows from the evil one come towards us, God sort of helps us with our shield and puts it where it needs to be. And so it shields us from those errors of the evil one. Whatever faith we have is enough, and God works with that. God honors that. Any faith, any faith at all, becomes what Paul imagines so dramatically as the shield of faith, the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And then there's a helmet of salvation and a sword of the Spirit. Those might sound like hopelessly worn-out images or or the things that little kids might put on themselves at Halloween. But they're actually important things because the sword of the Spirit is the Holy Scriptures. That Holy Scripture is the way in which we come to understand salvation, that we are saved in Christ, that God has planned from the beginning of time to draw us into God's presence of full everlasting love. St. Paul gives us a kind of inventory of a holy closet of things, things we can use to protect us, to strengthen us, to keep us strong and faithful no matter what. Julian of Norwich was a 14th century mystic and theologian, and she had a couple of visions which she then later wrote down and, and expounded upon. And in these visions, there are strong, amazing images In one, she writes, God is our clothing. God is our clothing who wraps and enfolds us for love, embraces us and shelters us, surrounds us for his love, which is so tender that he may never desert us. There's an icon, a picture of Julian of Norwich that shows her wearing a shawl, not unlike the prayer shawls that people from this church knit and give to those who are sick or maybe need a tangible reminder that prayers are with them. Julian uses her shawl. For me, it would be a particular hoodie, a sweatshirt that feels like home. It makes me know that everything's going to be okay if I put that sweatshirt on. Maybe you have something. Julian suggests that's the way God is. God wraps us around like a well-loved garment. God gives us armor, a belt of truth, a breastplate of righteousness, peacemaking shoes, a shield of faith, a helmet of salvation, and a sword of the Spirit. And all of them custom-tailored to be exactly what we need. God never gives us a size that's too big or too small, but always knows what will be just right for us as we grow in faith and love. As Julian says, God himself is our clothing who wraps and enfolds us for love. May we put on the full armor of God this day and this season, ready to be God's holy force for love and renewal in the world. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.